As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. What's up? We're back on Spin Rate, the Athletics Toronto Blue Jays podcast. My name is Drew Fairservice, and we're so excited to be talking about the Blue Jays here today after the beginnings of a very exciting series in New York, a very exciting night in New York when Vladimir Guerrero Jr. reasserted himself as one of, if not the very best hitter in all of baseball. There's no, there's no need for, for a long preamble. like that. We can just cut right to the chase. That was awesome, and it's time for us to talk about it. And us, of course, my name is Drew one of the co-hosts of Spinrate, and I'm joined today by the newest co-host of Spinrate, former Blue Jays All-Star starting pitcher, Ricky Romero. Ricky, what a show last night at Yankee Stadium. What a show, what a night under the bright lights of New York. How, how does it get any better than that? And, and to do it against one of the best pitchers in the big leagues. Um, unbelievable. Unbelievable because... The way he was attacked all night, and you can tell Garrett Cole was pitching him to his strengths. Like, he wasn't going to give in, and what did it for me was that last double. Uh, you have him 0-2, and he thinks he's got him beat, and you paint a fastball down in a way at, like, 98-99, and he shoots you the other way. Coolest part was seeing Garrett Cole tip his hat to him, too. I mean, that's just the game, understanding the game, right? And the game within the game, and... <laughs> <laughs> you saw it in his uh, in his post game interview, and he's just like they asked him. They're like, "Did you tip your hat off your hat to him?" And he's like, "Yeah." Like, how how do you not tip your hat off to that type of performance? And he know, said, uh, "What did Garrett Cole say? If you had a hat, you'd tip it too." Like, yeah. and 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 you're you're exactly right. I mean, Garrett Cole is the, the one of the best, if not the best, starting pitcher in baseball. You know, because of his stuff, because of his makeup, because of his command, and he was. Throwing his best pitch, which is his fastball, which is his fastball is as good as anyone's probably ever in the history of the mm-hmm. game. Throws it what like two three inches off the inside uh, inside corner of the plate at ninety eight, and Vlad takes it four hundred and fifty feet to mm-hmm. left field, and then he dots it down and away, which again has him set up as throwing you know all all of his pitches to there, and then Vlad is still able to not just go down and foul it off or spoil it, but like hit it hard into the corner. Yeah. for an extra base hit. Just an incredible performance. We'll break it down a little bit more. As I mentioned, spin rate 
Toronto Blue Jays podcast on The Athletic. Usually we're joined, or often I'm, we're joined on this show by Caitlin McGrath, who covers the Blue Jays for The Athletic. If you want to read everything that Caitlin had to say about last night's game, you want to read everything that Lindsay Adler, who covers the Yankees, had to say about last night's game, this ongoing four-game series against the Yankees, as well as looking forward, you want to make sure that you go over to theathletic.com slash spinright. Subscribe, if you haven't already. They'll give you a tidy deal, a tasty deal, for your full athletic subscription, and you can get all the inside scoop on the Blue Jays, the Yankees, and everything around the league. And of course, if you want to subscribe to the show, you want to subscribe to Spin Rate with me and Caitlin and Ricky talking about your Toronto Blue Jays, you can do that wherever you get your podcast, even if you don't subscribe to The Athletic, which I think you should. But you can do it otherwise at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Overcast, wherever you get your, your, your podcasts, go there, hit us up with a like, with a rating and review, and you're good to go. Now, as I said... Vladimir Guerrero Jr. absolutely put on a show. If you're a fan of the Blue Jays, it was delightful because the Yankees are still a good team, right? The Yankees are a scary team when you're the Blue Jays. But at the same time, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is the kind of player that usually plays for the Yankees, frankly. Like, one of the best players in the game. You're used to seeing the Yankees be the Yankees. And, I mean, we talked about Garrett Cole. And the Yankees did the Yankee stuff when they went out and signed him. But this Yankees team, scary as they are, it just doesn't feel quite the same. There still feels like there's a few like holes in the lineup. You sure? I mean, Josh Donaldson's a nice addition, but Josh Donaldson isn't what he used to be. He's also not what Corey Seager is, what what Carlos Correa is. It, what do you make of? I mean, it's only been a few games, but what do you make of where the Yankees are, maybe compared to the Blue Jays so far, Ricky? Well, one, um, <clears throat> I think the the Blue Jays are younger, and like you said, Josh Donaldson isn't the threat that we once saw in a blue jay uniform um they have a they have a bit of question marks there um i know kyle hiashioka came off a strong strong spring so they're expecting a lot out of him out of him they uh traded gary sanchez um you know in order for higgy to to get that starting spot and he has struggled they struggled offensively from the shortstop position too so offensively you know you take away Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton and LeMahieu at the top of that lineup. It's 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 not as deep as you think it is. Um, now you look at the Blue Jay lineup. It's now now we're talking about depth. And I know we all saw what happened with Vladdy and obviously Tail going down yesterday. But this is why they built this roster with depth. You the next guy has to be able to step up. And you know Chappie is a guy that obviously has gotten off to a bit of a slow start, but. If, if if somebody can protect Vladdy, it's definitely a Matt Chapman type of bat. I think it's 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 so important to have that. You know, we saw Matt Chapman kind of go the other way, hit a ball hard kind of to the right side of the infield. Hopefully that's a, gr- a great sign of him kind of being able to come around. And we talked about this a little bit before about the, the kind of hip injury, but his first home run of the year went out to, to kind of closer to center field, which again, looked like he was in a good spot. So hopefully that's a good sign of, of, uh, of what's to come from Matt Chapman. Um, you know, if the Blue Jays do, you know, they've already locked Danny Jansen, who of course has gone on the da- disabled list since last we spoke. So going to see a lot more of uh, Alejandro Kirk as well as uh, uh, maybe some more Zach Collins and uh, uh, Heineman, whose name, first name is Taylor, <laughs> Tyler. I mean, got a white guy name, I don't know. But, uh, but like the Blue Jays do have the depth, hopefully to be able to sustain this. But I think that, you know, it's interesting that you, you use the word protection because I think that if we t- talk about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and what he did last night, there is only so much protection that anyone can offer Vlad, who is just such a supreme threat. And 
as we discussed right off the top, Garrett Cole pitched him as carefully, but also as well as anyone could ever hope mm-hmm. to do. You know, short of just giving him like the Barry Bonds, four, not even four pitches anymore, the four fingers and send him off to first base, you can't ask and even Jonathan Loisega like they pitched him so well it didn't matter that by the end of the game Bradley Zimmer was behind him and Bradley Zimmer does a lot of things well maybe maybe his offense is not quite developed at the big league level but you can't you can't protect Vladimir Guerrero Jr. because I I think more it's more about the the defense and the pitching the other teams they need to protect themselves from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. because he is just he's just so ready to do damage and and I think that that pitch, that 98 on the inside half, I think we saw, you know, saw Marcus Stroman being like, you, you, he tweeted, like, you can't, you're not supposed to be able to do that with that. You can't take 98, let it get that deep and still get it, get it out to left center field for 400 plus feet. Like his train, that, that, this is a, te- a, a testament to his physical training. Like he's just so fit. And I don't think in 2020, he, he wasn't doing that with 98 on the inside half. And, and, and he, and I think that again, his whole field approach and just his, the quickness of his hands, he was probably wasn't, I mean, he might've been able to do go the other way, but not in the same game. You know what I mean? It's just, he's just truly, uh, you know, I, I think that he's, there are maybe three or four other hitters in his caliber in all of the game right now. Yeah. I think there's only one more. And it's Juan Soto. <laughs> yeah, um, they're they're just the top of those those categories where it's like wherever you pitch them, they have a great discipline. They 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 see the ball well. And again, I think for me, um, Vladdy is turning into musty TV. It's almost like he comes up to the plate. You put whatever you're doing down, and you just tune in because you're in for something special. And you mentioned the way Garrett Cole approached them. Yeah, Garrett Cole is an alpha male. He's He's one of those guys that's not going to back down from a challenge and he's going to come at you with, with his best. And he did, and he, he lost. And, um, and it's just a credit to Vladdy, man, what he's able to do. It, it reminds, it, it reminds me of, of pitch, pitching against his dad and, and just everywhere you threw, it just didn't matter. He was going to put the bat on the ball somehow, some way. And, um, those are absolute screamers that are coming off his bat though. Like it's just, it's crazy, man. It, it, it's so fun to to watch it again. The, the, I think what what makes it even better is his personality, the charisma that he has. Uh, when you see him in the dugout, um, he's always dancing. He's always talking. He's always, you know, you can just tell he's the life of that dugout. And I think that's that's what makes him even better. And and you can clearly see that he he's a winner. I mean, the guy had his fingers stepped on, bleeding. And, and you mm-hmm. can tell, you can see, I was watching the game and he's telling Charlie, like, I am not coming out of this game. I'm not coming out of this <laughs> game. And again, it speaks volumes to the type of person that he is and just the leader that he's, that he's uh, turning into. And it's almost like we've watched this growth, you know, from when they played in Montreal in that exhibition game and he hit that walk off and it was like a glimpse of who he was going to be. And then he gets up to the big league, struggles a little bit, gets exposed, and then he uh he cleans it up in the offseason with his workouts and then he comes in ready last year does what he does and it's almost like all right well how much better can he get and then he does this last night and he's off to a great start and again he, to me he's must see tv and and you you applaud him for for the work that he's put in and um i know it's still early early in the season but he's 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 definitely a a fun kid to watch play 
you, I think last night on Twitter, you kind of compared him to Miguel Cabrera, which, mm-hmm. you know, for the first couple of years, it felt really unfair. Like, I, we can't do this. We can't do this to a 21-year-old. <laughs> we can't say he's as good or he's the next Miguel Cabrera. But like every day, it becomes harder to not, because that's the guy that he reminds me the most of, yeah. you know, because he doesn't, he doesn't swing at garbage, mm-hmm. but he's still able to do unfair things with what are otherwise good pitches. And I, yeah. I, I you might remember, uh, Miguel Cabrera hit a home run off Brandon Morrow on like opening day. Mm-hmm. And it was like a pitch, like down and away. I think it <laughs> might've been snowing and, and, you know, Brandon Morrow's got as good stuff uh, as anyone in the world. And he went down and got it, hit it out to right field. And, and, and I remember asking Brandon Morrow and he just kind of shrugged. And like, that's the kind of hitter that Vladimir Guerrero yeah. Jr. is. He's not, well, you know, he's just different. He's different than every other guy in the Blue Jays. He's different than, than ev- almost every other, guy, uh, every other hitter in the game because he can do damage with everything, but he also doesn't get himself out. It's, it's really and, remarkable. And this is what's impressive about him. The night before, he faced Jonathan Lazaga, and he dominated him mm-hmm. with the fastball hard in. He jammed him. And mm-hmm. so, again, last night he comes up against him, and Lazaga, I mean, I would do the same thing. I'm throwing 95, 96, and I'm coming right out of your hands again. And you can tell Vladdy did his homework, and he's like, I'm not going to let him beat me again inside. And he just got those hands in, put the barrel to the ball, and next thing you know, he hits another home run. So, you're talking about one of the better relievers that the New York Yankees have. And um, again, it's just he's he's become the student of the game and he understands what pitchers are trying to do to him, that he's thinking one step ahead. And people always ask me, they're like, how would you throw Vladdy? How would you pitch Vladdy in your prime? And I'm like, you just hope that you catch him on a bad streak. That's it. You just, <laughs> he's one of those guys that you just hope you, you can keep in the ballpark and you catch him on a little bit of a bad streak because they do such, he does such a good, like we're talking about him and Miguel Cabrera in, in their prime, in, in Miguel Cabrera's prime. They cover the plate so well, the inner half, the outer half. And, and that, to me, that just speaks of the type of hitters that they are. They're not selfish. They're going to take what the pitcher gives them. And if, if you're going to pitch me away, all right, I'm going to take you away, take you away. But as soon as you missed in, I'm going to take you deep. And it's just, again, it's, 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 they're, they're freaks of nature. And, and, and it, that's why they're, they are who they are. It's really interesting to me that you describe him as a student of the game because when we were listing off um, the best hitters in the game right now, and you rightfully you know said Juan Soto, um, we're so spoiled that we completely overlook Mike Trout, right? Who mm-hmm. could well be the best player ever, and and Mike Trout is the kind of guy who who you know, with all due respect, doesn't strike me as a student of the game. I mean, I, you know, he puts the work in and you know, he's, he's, he's out there learning. And, and, you know, we used to talk about how he, every year he would figure out what he needed to get better at and get better at it. But Mike Trout also seems like the kind of guy who goes up to the plate to sort of like blissfully free of doubt. And is just kind of, you know, I remember talking to some of his teammates and they say like, he says he goes up and he looks fastball, but then adjusts the slider and also adjusts the changeup. And it's just like, that's not normal. That's like, what, what do you think, you know, Vlad is, Vlad's approach is when he, when he does go in there, you know, or, or when, when he's kind of doing that sort of work away from the field, you know, if he's watching the wise guys, he's thinking, okay, I know he's going to try to jam me inside because he's got that good fastball and I'm going to be ready, but I can still sit, you know, maybe stay back and look to, to take him the other way when he goes soft away. I th- I think for me, I think he, he trusts himself. He trusts his hands. He trusts that mm-hmm. when he gets up to the plate, he's got a plan. He's, he, he knows by now he's, he's smart enough to know that, that, uh, how the pitchers are going to attack him. He, he knows. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's no mystery, you know, how they're, how they're going to try and attack him. And 
for him, I think the key is I just got to stay within my zone. And if I chase, because that's what pitchers are going to try to make him do. They're going to try and make him chase pitches out of the zone. But he's got such a good eye, too. And he's so patient that it's very rare that you see him kind of get dominated for, you know, 10, 15 straight at bats. He's going to make the adjustment at some point. Now, is he going to hit a bit of a slump at one point? Yeah, it's baseball. That's just the way the game goes. But I just feel like he, whether he goes, you know, 10 for 15 or 0 for 15, he's going to give you good at bats. And and he he trusts himself in that sense that he's going to go up there and, and put up in a, good, a good at bat. And if the pitcher makes a mistake, he'll make you pay. Uh, Ricky Romero faced Mike Trout one time. 0 for 1, baby. He- Come on. You got you got him out. You got him out. <laughs> Cut her down and in. I still remember it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, no. Yeah. What a tough out. Baseball is about even though he's he he's not the same kind of personality, obviously, as Vladimir Guerrero Jr. But uh, baseball is better when when Mike Chart is healthy and playing and uh, and and just putting up those crazy numbers that you you don't. Mike, it, again, it's different with Mike Chart than it is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And and I think that's ultimately a compliment to to everything about Vlad, about his energy and like you said, he's he's talking and he's having fun and he's joking. He goes over and he jokes with the manager and he goes back down to the to the barrio and he's like, but at the same time. It, you know, you know it's business, right? Yeah. He's when they're they're joking around, but he's like, watch what he's going to do yeah. here. Well, this is what he did to me, and then they're really just communicating all the time. He, he's so locked into the game. Whenever they put the camera on him, he's talking, but I feel like he's talking the game, and and, and you can mm-hmm. see the rest of the guys, the Gurriels, the Hernandez of the world, uh, even the pitchers. You see Manoa next to him every once in a while, and they're locked in on whatever it is that they're talking about the game. And and again, he he's a leader for a reason. And, to me, this is the best time to be watching baseball. Like you said, you got Mike Trout, you got, uh, you know, Vladdy, Juan Soto. Um, you hope uh, Fernando Tatis gets healthy soon. And it's just the excitement of having all these guys spread out throughout the league. It, to me, it makes it special. And why, why wouldn't you want to tune in? Again, what he did last night mm-hmm. is special. Nobody goes into New York and hits three home runs. Come on, especially off Garrett or two off Garrett Cole and just goes in there and silences that whole crowd. Huh? We know what, what it's like to, uh, uh, to watch Yankee baseball and how proud they are of their team, and nobody comes in and punks us. And Blighty did just that. You see it in the. I'm sure you saw the headlines of the newspapers today out there. Mm-hmm. It's pretty funny, you know that, that <laughs> you see a, an opposing team, opposing teams. The New York Post is so good at what they do. Bless them. Where like the photo, they said, "Who's your Vladdy?" And it's he's doing the whisper, but it's that's fine, and and it's great that they kind of everyone is able to acknowledge that like this was another worldly kind of performance. It wasn't a Yankee failure, which I think most things are often framed as, but it's, it's, it's not just the photo. It's, and you know, if you go to my Twitter, I shared it earlier today, but it's the, at the bottom where it's a picture of Garrett Cole with his head in his hands, like, and he's like looking so sad. That's what makes it art, right? Anyone can run the photo and be like, Vlad's great. It's, you got to have Garrett Cole looking like he regrets every decision he's ever made in the bottom. Yeah. It's that that really takes it to another another level. We'll be right back with more spin rate, but first, check this out. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So I want to move on a little bit and talk about something that, you know, the Blue Jays, maybe not getting enough credit, but you know, it was great to see Jose Barrios uh, pitch. Obviously, much better it was going to be hard for him to pitch any worse than he did, or have worse oh, results man. than he did on opening day. I felt so bad for him, man. Uh, just being there uh, live, there's so much hype. Sold out stadium, everyone's hyped up, and oh, you go out there and and it's just you could hear a pin drop through at the stadium. It was it was crazy. Like I was like, am I just gonna? maybe head out in the fifth inning and just going to go enjoy these festivities outside the stadium, maybe have a, a cold one, chill, and, and and just, you know, watch the rest of the game on TV because this is not pretty right now. And then all of a sudden, obviously, we saw what happened. The offense turned it on and the bullpen came in and did their job. But, yeah, man, that that's tough as a starting pitcher right there. You're you're coming in with that much hype and and you're ready to roll and, and then it's a bit of a dud and – yeah, I mean, the good thing is, like you said, he came in last night, he attacked the zone. He got beat on those two home runs. I, I, I mentioned it on Twitter to some people. They're like, well, what do you think of his outing? Well, the home runs are the home runs, man. I'd rather see that. I'd rather you challenge the guys than you give out the free passes. And he got beat on solo shots, you know, two solo shots. And mm-hmm. um, But he was still within the zone. And obviously, walks are a bit of an issue for him right now. And some, I don't know, is it is it just me or... Do you see it too? He just doesn't look as comfortable. It's almost like he hasn't found his, his flow. Like you saw a little bit of a glimpse the first four innings, but it still almost seems like he's fighting a bit of himself. What do you think? I think he he kind of went through something similar, I think, not long after he uh, came to Toronto last summer, mm-hmm. right, where he had a couple starts where he just, his command just wasn't there. And I think that that's the thing about, you know, if you, when I think back to opening day where, you know, he got like you said, he got beat that first that first batter, that Brad Miller home run. Like it wasn't a bad pitch, mm-hmm. but like Miller put a great swing to be able to stay back, drive it out, kind of the left center field, you know, opposite power alley. You know, I don't know if you want to necessarily tip your your cap, but like that that's a pitch that that uh, even a hitter like Miller, you know, full credit to him, can do a lot of other things with that isn't doesn't end up with it being like a line shot home run, and then it just kind of battled and struggled and nibbled and just wasn't quite himself. Yeah. So. I think that it's a step in the right direction. Uh, again, against that lineup in that ballpark, any of those mistakes, you know, get magnified because so many of those home runs are, um, what's the word? Bullshit. Uh, when they go out to right field and they're just like little joke flip shot home runs, but, uh, really encouraging just to see him come back and again, battle a tough lineup and, and, you know, hopefully then he can take from that, take another step forward and, and again, continue yeah. to attack the zone, continue to sort of trust his stuff and, which I think, you know, it feels like it's the sort of thing that can come and go. Yeah. You know, you, he knows how good he is. He knows what he can do. The Blue Jays backed up a truck full of money to his house. So so they know how good he can be. So I think it's just a matter of letting him settle in, maybe get a bit of a, uh, you know, a soft landing spot, depending who, who he faces next time out. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm, not wor- I'm not worried about Jose Barrios. I'm encouraged that he pitched better. Yeah. You know, again, a couple home runs, but not, not worried yet. To, to follow up on that, I, you, we can't put 
his first start under a microscope and be like, oh, well, this guy's a bust. You're, you're hoping you get yeah. this guy for 30 plus starts and keep him healthy because mm-hmm. we know what kind of horse he can be. He's a guy that can mm-hmm. go deep into games. He's got the stuff to be, you know, in the Cy Young talk, like he's got that type of stuff. Now it's just a matter of him. Um, and, you know, we can say the short and spring training and all that stuff. Guys are still trying to catch their catch up to where they, they need to be. But um, again, you're, this is a guy you're trying to get for 30 plus starts. And he, uh, like you mentioned, he started off a little bit slow last season when when he got traded over, and then he got better at the end. And 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 you're hoping that every start is encouraging, and he continues to get better. Yankee lineup's not an easy lineup, and um in in New York too. So yeah, again, he I'm not worried about him either. The one one aspect of the game. So we've talked a lot about Jonathan Lewisaga. And if you follow me on Twitter, you know I'm always down to talk about Jonathan Lewisaga <laughs> because he is ridiculous. He's like a creative player. He's not a big dude, but just comes in pumping 98, throwing that huge hammer. And I went back looking through stuff that I was I had tweeted about him before, and it, I, I had asked on online like, how isn't this guy better? And in over the course of the year, he really, really kind of like settled in and became that eighth inning guy. And not not necessarily Wednesday night, but Tuesday night, you really you saw what happens when you got to run through the teeth of that Yankees bullpen, where they bring you know they got Chad Green, Miguel Castro, uh, what's the other guy? I can't even think of his name. The big guy that comes way over the top, like the Yankees bullpen is crazy and is sort of like the model by which, uh, of course, in a role to Chapman, it's sort of the model by which all others in the league right now can be based. And the Blue Jays bullpen looks different, but is still, I think, A, incredibly effective coming at these guys. We, we've seen great performances from just guys that do all the different things, but also there's still even that much more potential for more, I think, yeah. in some of the guys in, in the bullpen. And, and you know, one guy we talked about, you and I a little bit, was, was Julian Merriweather. Um, I think he's a huge piece of this bullpen. And if he can, uh, you know, A, stay healthy, B, stay healthy, C, stay healthy, and then D, really just be able to have that great command on, on his good, good, even just good command on his changeup. He can be just such a deadly, deadly weapon to add to those guys who come in in, in the sixth, seventh, and eighth innings. Yes. Yeah. And, and we saw, we saw what he did last season before he got hurt. And I think that's where everyone mm-hmm. started falling in love with him. He's the guy that attacked you with this fastball and he came right at you. And uh, like you mentioned, A, B, C, all of the above means stay healthy. If he can stay healthy, he's a huge, huge asset to this bullpen. Another guy that I that I was that I wanted to ask you about is Jimmy Garcia. Is it? And and I and I know it's early in the season, but is it? A, is he a guy that you're going to start shifting into that setup role? I mean, he's got the great track record, right? And, and you saw it last night. He ate Josh Donaldson up with like a, I, I'm not sure if it was a changeup. I, I think it was a changeup or something that just had just like a foot and a half of arm side run, just ended up kind of behind Donaldson by the time he had finished swinging through it. And, you know, he's not, he hasn't struck out a lot of guys quite yet, but I'm not so worried about that. I think, I think that the beauty of the Blue Jays bullpen. So from what I see and, and credit to Charlie Montoyo, who, who has kind of used these guys well, is that for the most part, they can kind of come and go whenever they're needed. And I think you saw last night, uh, on Wednesday night, Adam Simmer, right? Mm-hmm. Adam Simmer is really effective. He does specific things. And I, and I wouldn't say that, that Charlie was like, hiding him but he used him when he knows he's going to be the most effective he put him up against the bottom of the yankees order which is not strong but it's like 
you know Simber's effective. You know he's going to really be able to kind of get these guys out front. Uh, they're still big league hitters, and they're still the New York Yankees, so they can always do damage. But like, just to be able to say, okay, Adam, you go get us these three outs, and then I can go to a guy like 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 Jimmy Garcia, who I can ask to get bigger bats yeah. out. And I just I I love the the ability to kind of mix mix and match and and have guys be like, you you're my guy, but I need you when I need you. And if you're ready to go when when it's when it's going to be Rizzo, Judge, and Stanton, or if it's going to be you know uh, whoever else uh, i really like that i hope that that garcia is able to sort of adapt to that and like buy into that idea that other than the ninth inning he he could come at any time yeah no you're right you're right and and i feel like jamie garcia is a guy he's a veteran he he, he can definitely handle that type of role or like hey i got the big boppers and rizzo and and judge and Stanton coming up i need you to get these three guys out and when he's throwing 94 95 mile per hour bowling balls at you those are tough to hit. Mm-hmm. And, and again, he understands himself as a pitcher, as a veteran pitcher. He's uh, pitched for some pretty big organizations throughout his career. So he's coming into a team that obviously um, <clears throat> is in it to win it now. And and, and I think he he's he, you're right. He, he's probably that type of guy that, hey, whatever you need from me, I'm going to give it to you. And you you also can't forget about a Tim Meza, you know, and the job that he's done and and how he's looked. I mean, I. Coming from the left side, me being left-handed, I, I love everything about what he does and how he's attacked. He's come a long way from when he first got called up to now and the way he's established himself in that bullpen. Again, it's still early in the season. Um, Charlie's trying to find all these roles for these guys and how he's going to use these guys. But like you mentioned, it's it's probably going to be where Simber, hey, I need you for these three outs. And Jimmy, you might not set up tonight, but you're going to set up tomorrow or vice versa, whatever it is. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's the luxury of having a, a, a pretty good bullpen and guys that are able to do uh, so much. And, um, you know, Charlie has that tough job of choosing who who's it going to be every night. <laughs> I really like the way that he uses Trevor Richards. So Trevor Richards was the guy who on Wednesday night got the eighth. Mm-hmm. Inning. And and obviously Trevor Richards is like a real fastball changeup guy. And I, I feel like he's almost, they use him like a, almost like a lefty because he's teaked seems like he gets the tough lefty so they put him in there against gallo on wednesday night and dg lemay who's like so dying to go to right field that he's affected like you know left almost like a lefty is is a good matchup mm-hmm. for him in some ways and and you know obviously he gave up that little kind of cheap home run to gleber torres but i i really like you know trevor Richards. so with richards and merriweather in particular you got these like really change up heavy guys how how does that pitch sort of you know i remember you remember keith folk yeah. used to talk about it almost like it was a knuckleball how much feel is there when you're when you're a guy that throws a lot of changeups like that, and and is that the sort of thing that can kind of come and go, or or is it you feel pretty locked in when you when your changeup is going? I right? mean, I always say this: the the changeup changeup pitch is one of the most underrated pitches in baseball. Every pitcher should have that. And I know we're talking about relievers, but you mentioned an uh, we saw an Alec Manoa use his changeup and and talk about how much he's worked on that changeup because it is everything. If if you if you have the deception with your fastball like these guys do, like the 95, 96, 97, 98 guys, and you're you're throwing mm-hmm. a changeup off of that with with you know without trying to manipulate the movement, it's unhittable, man. Hitters will tell you like it's it looks like a fastball. I'm geared up for ninety eight, geared up for ninety eight, and here comes a changeup at eighty eight. It, it, a ten mm-hmm. mile drop off is it's is huge for big league hitters, and they'll. They'll tell you all about it with their swings and the way they swing. And when you have a good one, um, like some of these guys do, it, it it's 
it's night and day for you. Um, and a guy I remember watching growing up was, you know, good old Canadian guy uh, closing for the Dodgers here in Eric Gagne and how nasty his changeup got all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we saw what a weapon it was. It was like 98, 99, 100. Oh, I'm going to just throw an 85 mile per hour changeup. So that's what these guys have the ability to do. And, and, and when you have that ability, hitters will tell you that shit is impossible to hit. <laughs> I really, I think that, and the changeup feels like to me has like evolved too in the way that it's used at the big league level because, you know, Julian Merriweather almost has like a, I don't know, throwback is the right word, but he has that huge gap, like 16, 17, 18 mm-hmm. miles an hour between his fastball, which was a little bit, it's a little bit down this year over what, what it was, you know, last year, uh, which if you remember, if you listen to this show or like that, when Julian Merriweather played in pitched in Yankee stadium at this kind of this first week of the season last year, he pitched as well as anybody ever could. Like mm-hmm. he embarrassed yeah. Aaron Hicks and some other guys just th- dotting 98 and then throwing that ridiculous change up away. But so he's got that big gap, but, but you know, I, I feel like a lot of guys, it's so much more also about the movement as well. Uh, you, I'm doing like the change up <laughs> movement in my, in my basement. I'm moving my arm arm side but like i think about even felix hernandez who was at, at the end of his Man. career and for, you know was, was throwing his change up almost harder than his fastball but the movements everything tim lincecum same yeah. sort of thing where it's it just it, it is such a tough pitch and and i love to see when guys are able to you know trevor richards for example it's it, it's hard and and to throw it you know right on yeah. right and and it's it's again a bit of well, an evolution of the way that pitch is developed because one of the things for me was i had a great change up too and, and I always get asked, well, how do I work on that changeup? What do I do? And I'm like, well, the minute you start manipulating the movement, it's game over. The moment you start trying to guide that pitch to the plate, it's game over. It turns into a beefy fastball. And that's why I always say, throw it as mm-hmm. hard as your fastball. And, and that's what these guys do so well. They, they have such great arm action on it that when they throw it, it looks like a fastball. And that's why you see those ugly swings off of them. And again, I'm a huge, huge lover for 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 change-ups and um especially guys that have really really good ones it's it's a very important pitch and again it, it when it's coming off fastball slot it's it's tough to recognize for a hitter it's uh when we talked about this a bit last week and we can move on but i i love that change-up is so much of a grip pitch where everyone's got their yeah. own grip and i remember reading about tom glavin talking about he was out just like shagging or something and he kind of scooped a ball up with his hand and it had this weird grip and he's like i'm gonna try this and then next thing you know he's got this like career making circle change up it's uh it's fascinating and and i and i really like to see it it, it you know it takes it, you know Mar- blue jays fans remember marco estrada too like to me, it, to me it's it's so great to watch like it takes balls yeah. to be like i'm gonna throw 93 92 90 straight down the middle of the plate because the one before was 85 and the one after is 85 and you know the hitters just up there 100 guessing and it's just a, it's a real, it's a real chess match, and I, I, I personally and, love to watch. And really it. quick, Kevin Gosman is a changeup. He throws a changeup, not a split. Oh yeah. <laughs> there we go. We, yeah, and I, 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 I agree. I agree. On it, but I watch his outing on TV, and I see the way he's gripping the ball. It's a changeup. <laughs> uh, we'll again shout out uh, Caitlin's story where she's got great photos of like, what is obviously a circle changeup grip. More spin rate coming up right after. These words from our sponsors. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed Internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash. Or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant. Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We talked a little bit about Teoscar Hernandez, kind of had to come out of the game on Wednesday night with a, with a bit of a, an injury to his side, potentially an oblique. So we've been talking a little bit about the Blue Jays' depth. But I want to talk about someone who is maybe is... Is Santiago Espinal depth, or is Santiago Espinal maybe a starter? Mm-hmm. Is he kind of playing himself Ooh. into that role? Because he's doing everything that the Blue Jays could have ever asked for him. Again, still offering that dynamite defense, but really, you know, putting the bat on the ball and, and ma- making a difference. I mean, he's not gonna ever gonna hit like Vladdy, but but just absolutely putting himself in that conversation for like I need more playing time than just the short side of a platoon. Yeah, you mentioned he's not gonna swing like Vladdy, but it almost seems like he's absorbing everything that he's learning from these type of guys. And he came in as a guy last year that was pretty unknown and got overmatched a few times at the plate, maybe more than a few times, but his defense was un- without a question, unbelievable back there. He's a guy that you want to have uh, when you're a pitcher. And, uh, and, and when you see what he did this off season and you read about it and he's talked about it and he comes in and the, you, you, you see it too, right? That the body just looks different. He looks like he just filled in, um, nicely. And he, 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 I think he went and understood what he needed to do this off season to, to be able to survive in the big leagues. And he looks like a man on a mission, man. He, he, he really does. And, and we saw it on opening day. He comes in, hits a big double the next night comes in, hits a big double again. And it's like, it's almost like this kid is, is, is understanding who he is, what he wants to be. And he's loving this pressure of like, Hey, if I'm in competition with the guy next to me, I'm going to do everything possible to, to beat him out without any pressure. And I love Kevin Bijo. I love everything he does. And I, 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 I love the type of kid that he is. Um, but if, 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 you know, when, you, when you're competing, you can only play one. And right now, Espinal seems to be running away with that job a bit. 
it seems to me like he's the kind of guy who, you know, we talked about the weight that he put on. I know Mike Petriello of, uh, of MLB.com, StatCast, wrote about Espinal because he's already hit the ball harder like yeah. in terms of exit velocity, uh, harder this year than he ever did before. And, I mean, again, the power is never going to jump off of the page when you look at his thing. He's not going to be posting, you know, he's not going to hit tape measure home runs. But he's a guy who has a really contact-oriented approach. But that little bit of extra strength could, A, turn a flare into a single and a single yeah. into a double. and you know, he doesn't strike out a lot. You know, he's probably not going to take his walks. He plays and, with the Blue Jays. He's not going to walk. And he's going to put but, the shit out of but the like, too. Like, he's just, he's, you're going to get. Wherever yeah, you play him. He's going to, he, he, that's what he is I'm, too. Like an ultimate team guy. You can see he's kind of bought into the, the motto of this team. Everyone having fun, dancing, young kid, enjoying himself in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. But he also understands the task at hand. And he's taking it with full mm-hmm. force. And he's saying, all right. I can't lose this job. Like I want this job. I want to be part of this team. I want to be out there for 27 outs. And he's showing why uh, right now. And he's he's making, you know, we haven't seen him make a spectacular um, spectacular defensive play, but it's all of the little things that he's just done so well. The the turning creating that great double play with Bo Bichette when he made the spin off a of second base, but it was the way that Espinal's hands are so quick, he almost reached behind him on a hard hit ball. And then, you know, another ball he makes just makes a perfect feed over there to second base on on the pivot. Like just you know, doing the things that need to be done, and a, and a team like the Blue Jays that that showed, especially in the early days of last year, uh, twenty twenty one season, defense was not their strong strong suit. But so every little thing that that he does um, just makes that much of a yeah. difference, and and it's it's really great to and, see. And and I know if if, if Teoscar Hernandez is hurt, that's where a guy like Kevin Biggio exactly. can shine because he can go out and he can play some right field because he offers a lot more at the plate probably than Tapia or even uh, Bradley Zimmer. Um, we well, the defense is probably not quite there, so. This is this is why the the Blue Jays and we've talked so much about their depth is because a guy like Biggio is so valuable mm-hmm. in his ability to play more than one position, and Espinal is valuable for his ability to play the living shit out of the positions yeah. that he plays. Yeah, and and again, we talk about depth, and this is why it's important, and this is why you keep certain guys. And 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 we knew as much as we would like it as fans for to have a healthy team for 162 games. Obviously, we didn't know it was going to happen this early. You knew that. Sometimes injuries are a part of the game. The Jays have lost, what, two guys now? Two important guys. Danny Jansen was coming in, and mm-hmm. he looked like a man on a mission, too. Like he, I think he felt Kurt creeping up on him, and he's like, you know what? I better get my shit together, too, or else you know, I'm going to be platooning. And you can tell his bat looked great the, the first few at-bats he took and you know, two home runs for the, right, off the, right off the gate. And uh, he, uh, we've always known what he can do on the defensive side. He can catch. He's got a great relationship with, his, with the starting pitchers and, and his – the whole staff and he goes down with an oblique injury, but that's why you have depth. You have Kirk and obviously they picked up a couple other catchers. And again, as much as we would like to see them healthy, it's just, it just wasn't going to happen, but it's, it's about the next guy stepping up for this team and, and being able to go out there and produce. There are no more dangerous words in the English language than catching depth. And I think the blue Jays are already kind of putting that to the test where when you lose Jansen suddenly now, Kirk, who is who's not got off to a hot start at the plate, but did a great job behind the plate, um, behind the plate when when Alec Manoa uh, pitched so well against the uh, the uh, against the Yankees uh, the uh, uh, the other night with the Blue Jays, of course, shut out New York. So you know it's it's tough for these other guys coming in, Zach Collins and Heineman coming in, and sort of 
you know, looking a little overmatched at the plate. But hey, good news if you're a Blue Jays fan, Gabriel Mourinho made his AAA debut <laughs> this week after sorting out his visa issues. So, you know, depending on how long uh, Danny Jansen is down, again, you talked about guys putting up, putting that pressure on. And if Mourinho is able to do his job at AAA and, and he would grab a couple, you know, kind of cheap little hits, but they are all hits, so they all count. But just really look, at, you know, watching the highlights of Mourinho, just looking so athletic behind the plate, and which is, of course, comes across as a backhanded insult to uh, to Alejandro Kirk but uh, <laughs> but it, it's you know it's it's that's again that's why you build a team with depth you've got guys pushing you've got guys that can fill in and and if it's Collins and Heineman sort of filling in and, but and, uh, you know hopefully the Blue Jays can can plug these holes and, and continue to and to it's plow the beauty on. of what we talked about off air too Drew the the player development I think it's it's cool to see that um from a from a fan standpoint from a guy from two guys right here that that follow this team so much and that know uh, what we have in that minor league system, the player development that this organization has been able to produce, it's, it speaks volumes to it. And when you have depth like that, I feel like that's the key word today, depth. Um, when you have depth like that, it's it just, you know, not that you're okay with injuries, but it's like, okay, let's not panic. Let's see what we got. We've developed these players and 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 here we go. You just want to avoid those, you know, those those big cold streaks and those black holes in the lineup that can always, you know, undo even the best mm-hmm. offensive club. And and again, we saw that with the Yankees a little bit, where the bottom three in their order with uh, with uh, with Higashioka and and Kiner Falefa um, struggling a bit, and and it gave the Blue Jays that opportunity to kind of steal three outs and then move into the the, lit, mm-hmm. the later part of the bullpen and, and worked in their favor. So. Blue Jays have one more against the Yankees tonight here on Thursday. Uh, you know, as Caitlin and I discussed in the weekend, coming out with a split out of New York's never a bad idea. You'd love to see if you're the Blue Jays getting three out of four, but a split is no shame in that either. With uh, with Kevin Gossman going again, so another look at Kevin all. Gossman and his his fanciful changeup. Win them all. Win them all. Win them all. Yeah, no, there's no reason, no reason not to win them all. Punish them. Push them down. Uh, and then the Blue Jays come home to face Oakland. Uh, anything else? Anything else that you're so? You are on change-up watch when when Kevin Gossman is on the mound. Anything else to, that you that you're going to look for with, with well, Kevin Gossman again? He he pitched uh, like a ho hum, just a great outing. Yeah, it was solid. It was solid. And again, one inning he had a bit of a blemish where he got hit around a little bit. But again, he's another guy that that comes in with very high expectations, and I know he under- and I'm pretty sure he understands that. And uh, I'm just looking forward to him picking off where. Uh, right where Barrios looking at the four positive innings that Barrios had and just kind of building off of that. And, and, um, and obviously we're going to see the, the 94, the 95, 96, and then the great changeup. I'm, I'm looking forward to the, to the top of that Yankee lineup, uh, facing a, a good pitcher in Gosman. So I'm excited for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. And again, on this uh, here on Spin Rate, this is Kevin Gossman does not throw a splitter. We have decided that we are outright <laughs> splitter denial. This is a, this is a changeup, and it's always going to be a changeup. But even if we get him on the show and he's like, guys, it's a splitter. Don't believe you, Kevin Gossman. Quit lying to us. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to get him on the show and be like, hey, what, what, what? Let, let's set the record straight. What is it? And I'm sure he'd say changeup. We're going to put the bug in his ear. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to let him know. His name is Ricky Romero. He is one of the co-hosts here on Spin Rate. My name is Drew Fairservice. We've had a great time talking about your Toronto Blue Jays. As I said off the top, make sure you subscribe to The Athletic. Get everything Caitlin's going to say about this exciting week in the Bronx, as well as hosting the A's here coming up. For Ricky, my name is Drew. We'll talk to you next time on Spin Rate.